What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 en español.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello and welcome to another episode Of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos, of course It is Thursday So it means it's time for our Thursday Trends episode And man, my guest today I think is becoming our resident attorney On the show He's also in act activist, man. My guy, Hector Oseguera. How you feeling, my bro? Good, man. Good to be with you, Dramo. It's always a pleasure. Of course, man. So there, there was so much going on in the news today that I felt like I wanted to, to get, obviously, a law perspective from it, somebody who's actually practicing and, and has studied all these things, um, man, because there's a lot of stuff going on that has implications, uh, man, for, for the country moving forward, but specifically when it comes to people of color. 
um, a, a lot of things that we're going to be directly affected by. So I, I wanted to get your take on a few things. I mean, today's show is going to be a bit heavy just because the, the way the news cycle is, but we're going to man talk about this uh, affirmative action case that is being seen by the Supreme Court um, on, on Halloween, ironically, and uh, all implications are, are telling us that it's not going to end in our favor. We're going to talk, man, about another set of school shooting, man. And, and uh, you and I, before we got on the mic, we're just talking about how it's like, man, we we don't even like in the news cycle pause to ingest these things anymore. It's just like it gets reported and we move on to the next thing. So I, I want to take a second to kind of just talk about about that as, man, as sad and unfortunately redundant as it's becoming this conversation of gun control. And then we'll we'll talk about Biden and Probably one of the biggest policy changes that he's done is now being put on hold. Uh, and, and of course, the Republicans are, are to blame for this. So we'll get into that. And then on a, on a positive note, man, we're going to talk about some representation that's happening in, uh, in an industry that statistically Latinos are, are not well represented. And of course, to talk about the entertainment industry. So we'll talk about a movie that made it a point to include uh, you know, our, our Mexican brothers and sisters and that. We'll get to that in our Mi Gente segment. But uh, but man, without further ado, let's just dive into to some of these heavy topics from, from this last week in a segment we call For the People in the Back. Say it louder for the people in the back. All right, man. So I, I want to start on one of the sort of scariest cases that's happening right now that I feel like is not getting a lot of attention, um, unfortunately. And it is the this affirmative action case that is being put in front of the, the Supreme Court. They're, they're set to review it on Monday. Now, anybody not familiar affirmative action in, in this regard, it's uh, based off of a case that was challenging um, Harvard University as well as the University of North Carolina on on uh, basically how they admit students, right? There's been certain rulings that you have to admit uh, certain percentages of, of students of color uh, based upon racial practices that have happened historically where we've been left out of uh, those conversations, right? And this happens in, in the job force as well. You have to interview a certain number of uh, a certain percentage of uh, people of color for each position, right? And jobs are strongly encouraged to hire qualified people of color because diversity has been something that has not been seen at the corporate level in particular. Um, so affirmative action kind of encompasses all of that. Now, the sad thing is, given the current state of our Supreme Court, it seems like this is easily going to be overturned. And even though they're saying it could take a few years for it to kind of really go into effect where colleges begin to, you know, remove those policies that they had, it's a really scary implication uh, for all of the work that that we've been trying to do as a country to make the, the the playing field a little bit more equal for people of color, right? I mean, for you as an attorney, man, what when you see another case like this, Roe v. Wade was another one, but man, another case like this where it seems like we're going back in time from a legal perspective, what what's kind of your take on what you're seeing? Yeah, so, you know, I have a lot of feelings about affirmative action generally because uh, it becomes this scapegoat and so many mm -hmm. people uh, use affirmative action to say, oh, um, you're bringing in unqualified people just because of their race. Right. And and um, that becomes the thing that the right usually says. But what they don't tell you is that, in fact, the number one recipient of affirmative action is actually white people, mm. white, white women. 
are the mm. number one recipients of affirmative action because, of course, um, it's not just on a racial um, dimension. It, it's on a gender dimension. And women have also been traditionally excluded from many uh, industries and many positions. Sure. So even when you put in a program that is supposed to benefit people of color and that yeah. uh, usually gets demonized for uh, helping people of color, in fact, doesn't even uh, right. address the structural problems that we've seen for so many generations. Now, about this case specifically, you know, I've seen a lot of cases going back where people sort of say, well, this could be the end of affirmative action. And it hasn't been that way so far. Unfortunately, right. you know, we do have this new Supreme Court that does seem to be a little bit more activist for the conservatives. Mm -hmm. So you do run a real risk that they will do something activist like they did with Roe v. Wade and right. overturn something that we've known for a long time. But, you know, I'm not 100 percent sold that we will lose affirmative action, even if we hmm. do. You know, it, it, it can take many years for it to be implemented, but I don't think that this is all the way done. And even if this were to happen, you know, it's it's funny because it's never the institution itself that is racism, right? It's when mm. you try to address the racism of the institution, right. that's actual the racism, you know? That's like yeah. what people try to get on as uh, discriminatory. It's not that we've been left out of these um, institutions for so many generations. It's the attempt to address that racial divide that is actually racist. And and that's what the conservatives yeah. have been doing for a long time. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sold that um, the institution of affirmative action will fall on this case. Sure. I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious where, where that that confidence kind of comes from, right? Because I think the scary thing about law is that it's not necessarily based upon what's right or wrong. It's like what you can prove almost right, right. and precedence 100%. that you can like correlate to the, the argument that you're making right so right. i the fear is when you have a case like roe v wade get overturned right and then you know hypothetically this it might create a domino effect and open the floodgates for people to be be bringing other cases and then use this as a reference point as to why other things should be overturned then right so i, I guess Absolutely. for you knowing that many of these type of, of cases create a domino effect where does that confidence sort of lie that you don't think it is the end of affirmative action as a whole as we know it you know, because all of these things stand on their own structures. You know, there was a lineage of cases that had led up to Roe v. Wade. And I, like many other people, I'm not sold on the theory that they used to overturn Roe v. Wade. I don't really think it right. was that structurally sound. I think that the lineage of cases, you know, like you said, precedent that had led us to Roe v. Wade are far more convincing. And so mm -hmm. I think it'll be very interesting for them to come up with a whole new rationale why this also should be rolled backwards, I think would be um, a little bit too much activism than what you said. I mean, Roe v. Wade was very extreme. Right. Um, you know, I guess the confidence comes in that I guess I, I sort of fall back on the things that I was taught in law school. And, you know, you mm -hmm. have to have certain cases, certain um, elements and certain things that you need to prove for something to fall. If they were to do that, not just to Roe v. Wade and uh, the right to abortion, but affirmative action. And if they kept going, you know, I think it would it would be ve something very different from what we've seen from other uh, Supreme Courts. So that that's why I'm I'm still a little skeptical that it'll fall this time. One other thing I want to speak to that you you said was, you know, how the the Republicans, the, the right will use this as a talking point as to it being unfair, right? That this right. is, in fact, racism against white people. Right. Right. And uh and it, it's it's interesting because it's like they they want to deny history. I mean, we saw it with uh, 
DeSantis. I don't know if you saw him talking about America was not founded on stolen right. land, which is just it's history. There's no way around it. There were people right. here before, you know, uh, the, the colonizers came. Right. Right. Um, and and it's like, you know, they they have no problem sort of ignoring that there was a problem that they created, but then they throw their hands up when we're just trying to correct the problem, right? I think right. There, there's this argument, oh, it's an unfair advantage for people of color. It's like, no, we're trying to correct the issue that y'all created before. And that's all that that's kind of happening. It's just, we're trying to make a correction here. We're trying to undo the fair right. advantage that right. other people got and that we yeah. never had access to. So yeah, yeah. you know, and, and it's it's insane because you, you do have to, live in a sort of world view where mm-hmm. it's all created for you to fall into something like that. Because yeah, for someone to say that America wasn't founded on stolen land, for you to pretend that history just started today and nothing <laughs> happened before today, and then we're all starting from blank, you right. know, it just, you know, you have to really deny so much. Right, right. Yeah. And but but somehow they're okay with denying it, man. And that this shit is like is is scary. You know what I mean? Like again because it's all it's all documented right you're you're literally just denying history and and then and then claiming the rest of us are communists who are uh, trying to destroy this country when when literally like we're we're just trying to remedy shit that you guys created like you know systems that were put in place i mean the numbers don't lie right i don't care if you don't believe people's opinions you don't believe commentators from certain news stations but the numbers don't lie. It's not a mistake why the majority of corporate America is white men, right? It's not a mistake why, you know, Latinos find themselves primarily in, in service industries or um, in, in lower ranking roles in companies, right? It's not because we're not going to college, right? It's not because we're not right. getting, uh, you know, an education. Again, it's because we're not a part of that old school club, right, uh, of, of white people that that exist. And that that is a, a real fact, right? You, you talk about they're making this argument that we're just pushing for underqualified people to get uh, jobs. The reality is underqualified white people have been getting roles that they don't deserve over qualified people of color because right. of, of the system that was already put in place. And I, again, I just don't understand how you deny statistical facts. Right. I mean, look, in life, unfortunately, many times it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? And right. if you're in certain circles, yep. you're going to be promoted within those circles. And yes. if these are very closed institutions and closed places where they're not inviting new people in, you're right. gonna ha- all you're gonna have is a perpetuation of what always has been. And so, right. yeah, it's not. You know, I think it, it gets me upset when people say that uh, affirmative action is trying to promote unqualified people. When you made the point yourself that it's been the unqualified people who've been getting these positions, and right. we're trying to even the playing field, but somehow. Having an even playing field is what's actually racist to to them. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I mean, I, I think obviously it's it's based upon their own fear of their su- superiority and supremacy coming to an end. Right. And right. then they're just masking it as the rest of us are are crazy. But again, you can't deny the fact that I mean, look at fraternities on on campuses. Right. It's like, oh, you're a legacy. Your father, your grandfather went right. here. for many of us who are first generation going to college or the second generation. We don't have that legacy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, we didn't have the, you know, our, our parents, even if they went to college, most of them didn't have the uh, expendable income to join a fraternity and contribute and be a part of that. Right. Like the and and again, the, a perfect example is look at our former president, George W. Bush. Right. right. Like, he went to Yale. Right. Because he's so smart. Right. Exactly. And like, would he have had that path to ascending to becoming the president of the United States if Bush wasn't his last name and he right. had 
you know, all of the connections that come along with it, as well as people who are willing to turn a blind eye to all of his nonsense prior to getting there? Of course not. You know Absolutely what I mean? And, and it's like, it, it just, again, it makes no sense to me to deny it. And the only explanation is that they are in fear of their supremacy and their mediocrity no longer being re- rewarded. Right. I mean, it's it's very jarring to be told that, you know, like you had this role that's now going to be taken from you. Right. right so right. so in, in a way, psychologically, you understand it. But, sure. you know, you have to you have to see that this institution was built a certain way. And that's why it's producing the same outcomes over and over. I'm so glad that you talked about legacy because yeah. the right never talks about legacy and how, right. how many unqualified people get put into positions because of things like that. Right. 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 No, I mean, that that's. That's 100% uh, a fact, but let's kind of take a quick break right now. We'll take a pause and then we'll be right back. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcast. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumucósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back. And I want to touch on, since we're on the topic of, of kind of colleges and, and you know, uh, presidents and things like that, let's talk about um, Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, right? So we've all been calling for it. He finally does it. Uh, you know, they're, they're saying that he'd be forgiving up to $20,000 for millions of borrowers, right? And, and now as people are applying, like the, it, it's been opened up, people are applying. If I'm not mistaken, millions of people have already applied for it. Um, right. a, a U.S. appeals court has temporarily blocked it from moving forward. And, yeah. and this is because last month, uh, attorneys from Republican-led states, uh, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and South Carolina, all sued the Biden administration in an effort to, to stop this or cancel it, right? And, and now their original, I think, lawsuit was denied, but they, they've been given right. kind of this stay. And what they're accusing President uh, Biden of is overstepping his authority, right? They're saying that this action that he's taking would cause some private lenders to lose business because it would prompt millions of borrowers who have their federal loans held with these companies to consolidate their debt into main federal student loan programs. All right, let, let's get the the legal breakdown of of what we're seeing as these states are suing Biden, and this uh, you know a court has temporarily approved them to kind of put this on hold. Right. So, you know, what they didn't sue for is to have mm. the forgiveness of PPP loans when all these right. businesses were getting <laughs> right. handed out wild checks mm-hmm. and Tom Brady and all these people were getting million dollar checks. So you got to understand yeah. what are the policies that are being fought back against? Look, who's going to benefit most from a program right. like this? Like, you know, I'll raise my hand and say your boy's going to get a little help from this. It, you know, sure, should it go through. And, yeah. you know, it's important to, to understand that as we, t- you know, because it ties in so much with what we were talking about before of institutions that have generally only helped one type of people. And now you're trying to break that history and it gets challenged. So, you know, the first lawsuit was denied. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, they, you know, you do get to appeal and it will probably go to the Supreme Court if it yeah. once it passes this stage. So, you know, that is very important to watch as well. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, 22 million people uh, have applied so far. You know, things like this, unfortunately, take a long time. But given how it's something that's already rolling, I think mm-hmm. that the Biden administration will press hard to to get the lawsuits going on a, you know, on an expedited sort of schedule. But, sure. you know, unfortunately, you really don't know how long this is going to take. And the longer this goes, that's people who could be getting help that are being left, you know, still either paying the loan or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. The loans are going to start up again uh, in 2023. So yeah. I think that it behooves them to work quick on this, you know. One of the things, and this is sort of like behind the wall stuff, is that yeah. the Biden administration used a certain law to pass this debt forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? And that is not the law that has been used in the past to mm-hmm. forgive other types of student loan debt. And I don't know why that was, because I feel like if they would have used that law before that has been used in the past, it was yeah. less likely that they would have gotten a lawsuit like this across because mm-hmm. the the reason that they didn't get the first lawsuit got denied, the reason is because they did not have standing. And what standing sure. is that you're somebody who was directly affected by this and is has something to either gain or lose through this lawsuit. So that's what mm. you're looking for at a, on a lawsuit. Sure. And, you know, I guess I'm curious and I don't know why the yeah. Biden administration used this specific law for this uh, student debt relief and not the law that has been used in the past, because I feel like if they would have done that, we might not be facing this lawsuit. So, you know, I think that that's another sort of uh, dimension to this that hasn't really been talked about too too much. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you you bringing it up. I, I quickly want to want to touch on this because obviously midterms are happening um, and there's all kinds of talks about the Democrats are probably going to lose the House, you know, yes. and we're seeing kind of Biden having these victories and then like the air is taken out of the, the you know, his bubbles being bursted right afterwards. Right. right. Um, this has sort of happened multiple times with with him. And, and then obviously it's a stain on Democrats as a whole. Right. What, what are your what are your thoughts with what you're, you're seeing thus far with um, with these elections? And then, man, even uh, I was reading an article about the potentiality of the Republicans just impeaching Biden for no reason just because they right. can, uh, right. you know, when they when they have the House. So, I mean, what what's kind of your thoughts on, on what you're seeing with these midterms and then even moving forward with the, the next election? Right. And, you know, I, I would tend to agree with a lot of that analysis. You know, I think that the Democrats were getting some victories, but like, you know, it was too early on because people don't pay attention to elections until it's like very close, like we are now, sure. just like a couple of weeks out. People weren't necessarily paying attention a couple months back when all these things were happening with Roe v. Wade, when things were getting announced. So like now that we're getting close to the election, the news is not as good as it was before. And so I do think that that's going to have a very bad effect on the Democrats. You know, it could deflate their support among certain people. And Democrats are really running with the Roe v. Wade message and they're trying to turn out women voters who might be upset about that. Unfortunately, you know, there's there are a lot of other issues. You know, the economy is not doing so great. Um, Mm -hmm. We probably are in a recession. People are not saying it, but we almost certainly are in a recession at this point. Inflation is through the roof. You know, they're trying to uh, spike unemployment to to bring down um, the inflation. But that's going to create people who have no jobs. So that's another problem. Right. right? So um, it's all these things that are happening and it's not helping. So I think that as the midterms get closer, it does look like the Republicans are probably going to take the House. You know, the Senate is a little bit more of a toss up um, because of the races that you have, you know, with Herschel Walker and then with Dr. Oz and all this sort of stuff. But like, unfortunately, I would say that, you know, those bubbles were burst way too early. 
mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like the energy has carried on. Things like this hurt. And the Biden administration just needs to be able to tell people, like, we gave you something. Like, if the Biden administration said tomorrow, like, we're just sending everybody a $500 check, that would be the best news in the universe for them because yeah. they just need to have something to tell people like, you know, I know things are bad, but like we we're trying to do something to help you. And when all, things like this happen, you overturn Roe v. Wade, this, right. you do the student loans, but then it gets taken back. You know, it, it does not look good. Yeah, I mean, what what pisses me off and it's like a part of me is almost just like these these guys, the Democrats just need to learn the hard way. It's like. They're always playing catch up, right? Like, mm. like, why didn't you codify a law that would protect Roe v. Wade, right? Like now mm. you Biden's on everybody. Like if you vote for Democrats and we win, we will do that. It's like, why didn't you do that in the first place? You know what I mean? Right. Like, like the, you know, the, the tea leaves were there, right? Like we, we knew it was happening. We knew what, what potentially could be happening with this Supreme Court, you know, um, and and still they they didn't do anything about it right until right. it was too late they decided to now have this conversation and it seems like that's what always happens with them it's like we wait for something to happen and oh now if you vote for us now we're gonna fix this and it's like well, bro yeah. why didn't you do it to begin with well you know why you know why they Let's do it. it this is the secret bro of, of Washington <laughs> is that this is more valuable to them as a thing to rile people up on you know mm. like it is more like the dog trying to catch the car like it's just in the chase you don't really right. want to catch the car. Because then sure. it all comes to an end. So the Democrats had these things. They could have done something, but they didn't because it was easier in a way to tell people, well, you need to vote for us. All this bad right. stuff is going to happen to you, you know. And unfortunately, they don't learn that lesson that, you know, yeah. there's more value in actually doing something for people than mm-hmm. riling them up on the yeah. fear that something bad is going to happen to them, which is unfortunately what they're always doing. They are always trying to say, like, yo, you need to get with us right now or else things are going to go really bad. You know, that message doesn't carry as far when yeah. you already got elected and then the bad stuff is happening anyways. Right. Right. And, and I think another thing is they're not they're not playing. They're not fighting fire with fire. Right. Like to me, right. we know a lot of these, especially like the MAGA Republicans are just flat out lying about so many things. Right. right. And it's very easy to fact check them. Very easy when you're on that public stage to put them on the spot and call their bullshit. And and sadly, it seems like not enough Democratic candidates are are doing that. Right. I mean, right. I, I salute somebody like Tim Ryan, who has been like on J.D. Vance's ass about, you know, every every stupid thing that he's been doing and and showing the hypocrisy. Right. Right. You know, and I, I think that that's been great. But there, there's not enough of that happening. Right. I think we, we need to be pointing out just the flat out lies that are happening. Right. And, and the people need to to hear that, because unfortunately, the way our news is being segregated, it, it, you're not they're not going to get that information from the news sources that they're watching. Right. And you just right. need the people who are showing up to these debates and the the television, you know, that it, it, the, it's being televised on for it to then come out in those places, because if not, the newscasters are going to ignore the hypocrisies and they're going to find a way to demonize the other person. Right. I mean, you watch the debates that just happened and, you know, it just gets clipped for the sensational stuff. You never get right. real substance out of it. Yeah. And, you know, the, the the sad thing is you talk about a candidate like Tim Ryan. He's he's probably the strongest Democratic candidate across the country. And he's probably yeah. not doing too good. He, you right. know, his state is a very difficult state. It was yep. Trump plus like eight, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So right. he, as one of the stronger candidates. Probably in one of the darker positions that he's not going to get across the line. So now right. you're having to, to, you know, the fact that a candidate like Herschel Walker is running neck and neck 
the right. fact that, you know, Dr. Oz, you know, I know John Fetterman had a stroke and that's that's been a very difficult issue. But the fact that they're sure. running neck and neck, you yep. know, it just sh- it it's a bad sign. Right. It's like right. you're looking or even for Stacey some- Abrams. The fact right. that she's not dominating is a right. horrible. Like, you know what I mean? It's a bad sign. It's a very bad sign. Yeah. I mean, and even, you know, Beto O'Rourke in Texas, it's like that's, again, another candidate who's proven that he gives a shit. Right. He, he he's. The, to his credit, even when he has those MAGA people come at him, he has a genuine conversation with them, right? Like right. he's not, he, he, to me, you know, like you said, Tim Ryan is a strong candidate, probably not going to, not going to win. Like the unfortunate thing I think about politics in this country and, and it's not anything new. It's like the best person is not, not always the one that ends up winning, right? Because right. people just go for the sensationalization of it all. Right. And they don't, they don't actually give a shit in real substance and and the politicians know that so they just you know create this this noise that will get their people to come out it's sad yeah man look we live in a country of basically three people one person always votes red one person votes blue and one person really mm-hmm. doesn't care until two weeks before the election right whoever whoever get that gets to that person that's who traditionally is going to win is not going to be the quote-unquote best candidate on the best issues who's doing the most for the community right it's yeah it's unfortunately whoever gets to that third person first yeah yeah and it, it's it's definitely definitely sad i, I want to also just pick your brain when it comes to biden right because we're right. talking about you know he's well he's incredibly unpopular right that's a that's a fact um you, you're talking about inflation being a problem but i was also seeing statistics about other countries if i'm not mistaken there were like 10 other countries that had worse inflation than the united states right absolutely so, so this talking point that it's all Biden's fault is, is also a bit nonsensical because it's a global problem because of a global pandemic that everybody is trying to recover from, right, and figure out a way back from. Absolutely. Um, now, 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 not saying that there's not more he could be doing or this, that, and the third, but to blame it all on on Biden and ignore the facts of the world that we're we're living in, obviously, is is incredibly unfair. But with that said, obviously, he's not doing all that he can do, or he's dragging his feet student loan thing was another it was you know it shouldn't have taken him this long to to try and put this together uh we didn't see any any sort of real cop uh you know police reform like was promised right right all all of these different these different things i mean uh immigration is a is a mess you know so obviously he's incredibly unpopular looking ahead to 2024 what is is your personal kind of prediction do you do you see him i mean he's stating that he's going to run but do you see him running or, or do you see him maybe, you know, understanding that for the country, it's better if he goes to the side because you have other people like, uh, I mean, Pete Buttigieg is more popular than Kamala Harris and Joe Biden right now. Uh, right. Gavin Newsom is gaining a lot of traction on a national uh, stage, trying, right? Yep. So, I mean, what, what are you, your thoughts as a whole seeing all this? Yeah, man, America is going through an, a very difficult period right now because right. the problem with Biden is that he seems to be the only person who could have beat Trump, yeah. right? That's why he was chosen. That's really why he won that election, why he won that primary, is that he had the case of, I can beat Trump, right? And sure. so if Trump is, again, the Republican candidate, he's yep. going to have the same thing to say. Is like, okay, yeah, you might like other people more, but yeah. who do you think can really be Trump, right? And so, unfortunately, as it looks like Donald Trump is probably going to run again and yeah. very likely to be the Republican nominee, if Biden is still around, you know, he he's getting up there in age. If he's still around, I think that he'll probably try to pull that same card and say, you know, you might like other people, yeah, 
I'm not so popular, but when you right. when it comes down to between me and Trump, I'm the only one that you guys think can win. And so you have to go with me, which is basically the same runaround that we got. You know, even if you look to Obama, right? Obama had yeah. a very terrible midterm elections and then got reelected by a wide margin. So he right. could come up with that. You know, historically, presidents who are two terms don't do well in the midterms. So he could say, you know, this is just history. You know, this is what happens. And But you guys still got to go with me because I'm the only one who could be Trump. Right, right. I mean, do you think that he could beat Trump this second time around? Yeah, I mean, Americans don't just if you again, it's so hard with Trump because he breaks the all the patterns. But if you look sure. at the patterns of American history, you know, somebody in Biden's position would be very strong to be reelected. You know, mm-hmm. yes, inflation in, that's given a lot of other things because inflation has ended a lot of presidencies. Right. So if sure. infl- let's say inflation gets under control and we're in a more normal state. Um, you know, uh, honestly, I just thinking about who would who could beat Trump having done it already mm-hmm. gives him a better case. And the second time around, people tend to not always do better. So if Trump lost this last time, the second time he might lose by a larger margin is sure. what history would try to say. You know, obviously, Trump is kind of a wild factor. So you never really <laughs> know. Um, but I think that his base has been kind of like baked for a little while. We're talking about Trump. And yeah. Biden all just had to turn out everybody who says, you know, I don't want to go back to Trump, which I think yeah. would be, you know, at least enough to be reelected. So, you know, I, I would like I honestly would like somebody else. You know, I'm not yeah. sold on Joe Biden. He's not my personal pick. Right. I definitely would like a little bit more of a Bernie Sanders route. But at the end of the day, you know, you always have those people who say, oh, that person could not win a general election. That person is too yeah. much to the left. And so they tend to go for the person like Joe Biden. So if Joe Biden's around and Trump is the nominee, I say he gets reelected. Okay. I mean, that. yeah, I think that's that's a, a fair argument. And I think for, for you, when it comes to Latinos, right, because there's a lot of interesting conversations happening around kind of the science of why Latinos are kind of forgotten in this country, right? Yeah. And a lot of it, from what I've been kind of reading and the arguments I've been hearing is kind of like, we almost have to choose a side, right? Either we are with Black culture or we're with white culture, right? right? And that divides us and it leaves nothing in the middle, essentially, for us right. to have representation, right? So what do you think it is that politicians are not only missing, but need to do to to galvanize, you know, the, the Latin community who is honestly all over the place politically? Uh, and and depending on where your, your ancestry is from, have different issues that they're concerned with. You know, the thing that I think politicians hate about the Latino community is that in a way we're very fickle. Like mm-hmm. you have to tell us why we we want to vote for you. Like right. we're not going to we we refuse, I think, to choose that. You mm. know, will are we Democratic voters? Are we Republican voters? Or wh- where do we do we vote at all? You know, right. those because we really are focused on our needs as a community, I think it's yeah. very difficult for them to break us into that binary choice. Right. Unfortunately, I think it leaves a lot of people just feeling unrepresented and they just turn away from the system. They don't care. Right. And so it's only the ones who are very politically motivated who choose the side, so to speak. Yeah. Right. But I yeah. think that there are there's like a streak that goes across Latinos that it would be doable and it would have a broad support. It just is not spoken to in American politics because 
you know, that flavor doesn't, there's no flavor of that in American politics. You either have to be, you know, all the way left on every issue or all the way right yeah. on every issue, right? Yeah. Latinos are very um, socially conservative. If you talk about religion, right? Yeah. A lot of us pray a lot and are very socially yeah. conservative in that way. But we're economically very uh, progressive and, mm -hmm. and think that the government can actually do things to make people's lives better, mostly because we come from places where we've seen government not work. And so we're right, like, yes, right. you can do stuff and we don't care. And and actually that's right. a good thing because we've seen the opposite occur. Sure. You know, all that, all those issues put together don't exist in America. That's mm -hmm. why you have Latino strongholds. Like you have a place like New Jersey where it's a democratic stronghold. You could, you have Cubans who mm -hmm. came here right after um, Castro took over that have been mm -hmm. voting Democrat the whole time. And people don't yeah. understand that, you know? Yeah. And there just doesn't exist that flavor in U.S. politics of somebody who's come along and said, I have a message that speaks to, you know, enough of us that we feel represented. You know, I don't mm -hmm. think we want, we don't want to make that choice. You can't make us choose mm -hmm. left or right, blue or red. We're going to go with whoever we think is doing the most for our community. And, you know, depending on what the year is, what the issues are, that could be a whole sort of different candidates. You know, you talk about the 2000 election that came down to um, the state of Florida, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of theorizing that had Al Gore chosen a Cuban Democrat from New Jersey to be his running mate. He mm -hmm. might have pulled down the votes in Florida to have become mm -hmm. president. You know, these sure. are things that people don't think about because, again, America tries to keep each bubble within their bubble and it, right. they don't like the bubbles interacting because that's very disruptive to the system and latinos yeah. don't we kind of exist throughout the bubbles and we're not right. we're not really we're hard to place down and yeah. so instead of actually dealing with that difference of opinion they rather take the ones who fall into a bubble and ignore everybody else right right well i mean i, I think again it speaks to politics in this country is that they're not actually concerned with us. They're just concerned with the fastest route to winning, right? And right. The fastest route to maintain power. So right. they don't want to have to do the extra work that it takes to actually figuring out what each sector of our community needs in that, that time period, right? And, and speak to the different values of, of each sector of our, our community. So, I mean, yeah, I think that that's a, a, a great point. And last thing I want to, to talk to you about when it comes to, man, some of the, the heaviness and I think uh, this is probably obviously one of the, the hot topics when you talk about elections and things like that. And, and it's sadly gun control in this country. Right. And, and the need yeah. for, for some sort of reform right now. Right. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi. I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, Stay Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar20enespañol.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back now in 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 St. Louis. You had a, a 19 year old this last week kill a, a teacher and a 15 year old girl in a high school. 
Um, he had an AR-15 style rifle and appeared to have more than 600 rounds of ammunition strapped to him. Uh, and silly 10th grader Alexandria Bell and 61-year-old uh, phys ed teacher Jean Kuska died while seven other students were wounded before police killed um, th- this man in exchange of, of gunfire. And in the note that the shooter left behind, you know, he, he detailed uh, where he bought the gun. You know, he previously said that he tried to buy at a gun show. Uh, was turned down, then purchased it from a private dealer. Uh, in the note, he also talked about wanting to be the next national school shooter, right? Like, and and now this is like becoming almost something of clout, right? And that's a scary, a really scary thought. Now, police haven't identified how he was able to make his way into the building, uh, but witnesses recall hearing the sound of gunshots and then windows breaking from outside of the school, and and. To the theory that oh we just need to have more security guards and lock the doors, um, they, they're saying that the St. Louis Public School Superintendent said that there were seven security officers at the school that that morning, uh, and that they were positioned near metal detectors at the school entrances where uh, students enter and exit. Right, so mm. the exits and entrances were all covered. Uh, you know, so that that theory that we just got to lock doors and we got to just have people at the entrances and exits, again proves to to not be something that stops things from like this from happening right man there, there's a lot to to talk about here and to unpack but i i think when it comes to the idea of of gun reform or or lack thereof i mean how do we not see these cases that they continue to just pile up not making the the push that we we want to see yeah, man. And, and you know, that's very sad. And my heart goes out to the people that were lost in that horrific incident, right? You yeah. know, we've seen this happen so often. And the problem ultimately boils down to the lobby that you have around guns. Yeah. There are certain people that do not want any sort of limitation on guns. They want you to, they want you to have 600 rounds. They want you to have an AR right. and an AK and everything else on right. you and to be able to carry it anywhere that you want. And right. that's just not a sustainable position. You know, we've seen... Um, enough of these incidents of violence that honestly, like you said, you know, the metal detectors, that's not a solution. The security right. is not a solution. Instead of trying, they always try to put a bandaid on the yeah. issue instead of going to the source of the problem and dealing with right. that source. You know, we have a lot of people who have these issues, you know, feel whatever way that they feel and, and are going to mm-hmm. commit these, these sorts of crimes. And we need to yeah. stop those people. And, you know, right. what do they want? to do these crimes with, it's always AR-15. It's always one of these, you know, assault-style weapons. And, you know, in the time that we had an assault weapons ban, we didn't have these sorts of incidents. We didn't have these sorts of shootings in in such a frequency that it happens everywhere, at a mall, at a school, at a game, anywhere, anywhere. And we've ultimately got to come to the realization that the fact of the matter is that you can't just have a society where anybody could carry a gun anywhere or else you're yeah. not going to have a safe society. We don't we don't have to you know, we don't want to make that choice, but we're going to have to make that choice at some point. And, yeah. you know, every other country, it seems like they have one of these incidents and then they ban the guns and, and it doesn't happen again. And for right. some reason, we don't have that dynamic here. And, and I know that there are a lot of activists around this issue I know that yeah. there are a lot of uh, moms groups that are very vocal around the issues of gun violence because, you know, we think about school shootings, but you look at places like Jersey City and people get shot mm-hmm. on the block, people get shot, right. you know, all over the place. 
You know, right. gun violence as a category is a huge problem, and we have to start to deal with that problem of gun violence. And right. you know, I don't know what it's going to take. I think. You know, I think we've seen enough of these tragedies that any normal person would have wanted to do something a long time ago. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the stranglehold that the gun lobby has on our politicians is something that we really need to work towards because, again, we cannot have a, a safe society where everybody just carries an Uzi everywhere they go. Right, right. It's And what what's sad and what scares me is we're like on a path where we're almost becoming so desensitized to these things that we no longer, you know, feel the need to continue to fight, right? It's just right. kind of like, oh, it's an unfortunate thing that happened. But, you know, that's just a part of life, right? But it's not. It shouldn't be, right? I mean, right. like I w- was alluding to when we first uh, hopped on here, you know, you and I, before we press record, we we're having a conversation of like, you know, where it's like, yeah, I-, I heard about it, but like, I, you know, didn't dive too deep into it, right? But it's like, yeah, because it's becoming so normal to us. It's just kind of right. like, oh, another school shooting, right? Another right. one. But when we were growing up, uh, you know, we remember Columbine, right? That's what you were, you were mentioning. And like, yeah. it was like the world stopped, right? Absolutely. And like, you know, you had Marilyn Manson was being blamed, right? Like, it was like conversations were, were happening all over the place, right? Musicians were Ooh. being blamed for making certain music because they were fans of it, right? And it was like all that we talked about for an extended period of time, right? And, and now it's like, this happens, we, we mention it, and then it becomes something you kind of have to like Google, like, oh, I forgot what whatever happened to that story, right? It, right. it becomes, and, and that is what scares me because then it becomes easier and easier for these politicians to kind of just, you know, pull a Homer Simpson and fade into the bush because we're not paying attention anymore, you know? Absolutely. And, and like I said, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing problem. You know, we have people like this who suffer these issues and we have to deal with that issue. We have guns that are out of control and it's just like right. the confluence of these things that happens on such a long-term basis is like, you're right. It's like, it happens, you know, people mourn and then it's forgotten. And it's like another yeah. one, another one, and another one. And it's just like, uh, on for a normal person, it's kind of even hard to continue to keep track of every yeah. single one that happens. Right. Well, it's not, it, I mean, even for your own mental health, it's like hard to even dive into these stories, right? Because right. you can't help but feel something when you begin to read the details, right? When it Absolutely. becomes personal and you see the pictures of the victims and their families mourning, it's like, you know, I don't want to have to be inundated with that every every week on my television screen. It's heavy, right. you know, right. and and it, it's just like this really sad, sad thing that, man, you know, it, it really just speaks to morality in this country that these politicians are, are genuinely choosing money over over the lives of innocent people in this country. And and whether they're doing it consciously or they're feeding themselves the lie that, you know, oh, there's nothing they can do. Right. This is just the way things are. I, I don't know. But but either way, it, it really just speaks to, you know, money being placed over over lives at this point in this country. And it's just disgusting to see. Absolutely. yo. We have a government where there's always money for death, but never money for life, man. If you want right. to pay to kill a million people on the other side yeah. of the globe, the government will fund it immediately but they yeah. won't fund $1 to help save a life in our own country where, you know, right. you have these incidents that have become way too normal, way too yeah. common. And, you know, as a country, I would hope that at some point we just step up and say that it's not uh, a right. way of life that we're going to support or something that we're going to accept. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, and I, I definitely echo that, that sentiment. So, Man, uh, on that note, you know, we've, we've talked about a lot of heavy stuff. I, I want to to get into some lighter stuff and, and kind of, um, man, celebrate some progress in an industry that, that needs it. So we'll do that in our Mi Gente segment. Mi Gente. 
All right, man. So I, uh, I, I recently had, had given a, a talk where I was mentioning the abysmal statistics of the entertainment industry and Latin representation, right? Mm. And um, there, there's this story that, that just came out about the new Creed movie that um, I thought was, was really positive and it was a really good observation by a big star like Michael B. Jordan to have. But, but first and foremost, I, I want to talk about the statistics where, according to CNN, they, they say that uh, it's estimated that Latino representation in the media industry has only risen 1% between 2010 and 2019. And that brings the number from 11% to 12%. And they're saying even more concerning is the fact that Latinos comprise just 4% of the industry's management, despite being 18% of the workforce and 19% of the population, right? Wow. And this is scary for a number of reasons. I've addressed it on the podcast, so I won't go go crazy with you know, going too in depth, but, you know, the argument, and I think rightfully that is made is that media often controls how people view others, right. Or, or, you know, and how they get their information about communities that they're not involved with on a regular basis. So by not having proper representation, we're not able to share our stories correctly. You know, we're not able to control the narrative that goes out there and make sure that we're being represented as full human beings rather than just like gangsters, you know, drug dealers, uh, whatever, whatever the case may be. So I, I, that's why I think that this is such a big topic of conversation because uh, I know a lot of people might brush it off just like, oh, who cares? It's not real life. It's television and this and that. But like all of this has real world implications, right? And to, to how we are viewed when we step outside of our, our homes, right? right. Um, and, and that's why it's important for people to take a stand, those who are in power. And, and I want to talk about uh, Michael B. Jordan, who who is uh, directing, producing, and starring in, in this latest Creed movie. And and he talked about how there was a lack of Mexican representation in, in this franchise, right? And and it should be obvious because there are so many Latinos, specifically Mexican culture is so huge on boxing, right? Like right. That, that should have been a very obvious thing uh, around the storyline of any movie that involves boxing. But, you know, it, it took them three movies to address it. But, you know, they have now... Uh, Canelo Alvarez being a part of this this latest movie, which is obviously huge, and 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 like I said to to my point, you know, these are the the types of things that we need in order to have that that full spectrum of view of us as as human beings, you know, and, and our contributions to this world and this country. Right, you know, and I think it's important because the media programs how people interact with the world in so many ways, and we sort of take it as a given, but it's a very yeah. active thing that occurs yeah. to us is that that's how you program kids, right? Is the things that they right. see on TV is the things that they're going to reflect in their lives. And, you yeah. know, just like you said, you know, you give them a little credit, you say three movies, but it's like really eight movies. If you're talking about yeah. the whole Rocky franchise <laughs> right. and, how, and this is the first time you guys found a Mexican boxing bro. Like that's right. a little sus to me. Right. Because right. La- right. And Latinos love boxing. Right. So this yeah. would have been a, a obvious go-to. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I think it is a beautiful thing. I think it's good to open up that full spectrum and to, and to show people in their full diversity and their full beauty and their full light. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, those statistics that you mentioned, I think they're, they're very harrowing, right? It's like, yeah. we, we're basically a fifth of the population, but we're less than 10% of the management. You know what I'm saying? Right. So again, like going back to the conversation we're having on affirmative action is you have these institutions that are built a certain way. And if yeah. you're not getting in those rooms, it's just yeah. going to continue to perpetuate what you've seen. So, yeah, man, I'm, I mean, come on. I mean, like I said, you said it already, but a Mexican boxer was a very easy place for this to go right. you know, a long time ago. But, yeah. you know, despite that fact, it's good to see it happen finally. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And and for me, one thing that struck me when doing some of this research, uh, Joaquin Castro um, said this, that the lack of representation in media and the sort of one-sided storytelling that happens for our community allows people to see Latinos as anything but American, right? right. And and that is a, a part of the, the problem, right? And those stereotypes that are created fuel the hate and, and fuel people to go out and commit heinous acts or or even just have terrible conversations. I mean, shit, Kanye right. with the Jewish community is another right. one. And look how you had those people in, in Los Angeles throwing signs right. over, you know, the freeway. And, and Los Angeles, California as a whole, is supposed to be one of the most progressive places uh, on earth. And the fact that these people uh, are feeling so emboldened to go out there and, and be hateful towards a specific group of people in public and not hide their face or anything shows you the power of, of you know, lack of representation as well as platforming people who only spew hate. Right. And I think it's it's very important when we have these conversations because as you open that door and as more people enter these spaces, you have like that flashback of the old view sort of like uh, really exploding and, and mm. really having having a say and in, in saying like wanting to reject it. You know, right. it's kind of happened when with the Little Mermaid thing where yeah. uh, now you have a black mermaid and, and all these white supremacists <laughs> lose their mind. And, and right. even even on things, things like uh, Game of Thrones, where you have a black character and, and people start to lose their minds. It's it's not so much that I, it, in a way, I think that it's not so much that they didn't they didn't want black people or people of color in those spaces is that they went to those spaces to escape a world where we mm. even existed sure. and being forced to encounter us in their fantasy right. world is so right. jarring to them that now, you know, I think that that's really what it is in a yeah. lot of ca cases that these people, they wanted to escape the diverse world and right. they went to these uh, other places. And now even those places are not safe from us. Right. Yeah. That's a really, a really scary fucking thought, uh, man. But, uh, but uh, a, a great point, which I, I always appreciate your perspective um, on, a, on a lighter note as well. I mean, Halloween's right around the corner. I know you are officially a a dad now. Are you uh, are you the type of dad who's also going to get in costume as well with your uh, with your kid? Hell yeah, man! Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be a Ghostbuster, and my little girl's gonna be the Stay Puft Marshmallow. And, and your viewers <laughs> can it. catch me walking up and down Hoboken, uh, where we'll be <laughs> trick or treating for her first Halloween. Man, that that's that's amazing, bro. I'm uh, I'm, I'm super super jealous of that. I always. Was was jealous of people's families who went all out on Halloween because my mom absolutely hates Halloween, even though it's her birthday. <laughs> oh um, my god! Yeah, so we never decorate or nothing, and I always told myself when I get a house, I'm gonna decorate. And here I am, uh, and I didn't carve out the time to, to decorate. Aww. So I know I gotta, I got you're inspiring me that I gotta step my game up a little bit. Yeah, next year I'm coming through, and and we're gonna make sure you and, and the lady get a a matching <laughs> or a couple's costume. We're saying. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I'm, I'm all for it, man. Uh, man, my bro, always good catching up with you. Anything you want to want to push people to? I know you're always working on various things within the community, uh, your socials, whatever it is you, you want to push people to. Yeah, man. Always active in uh, Jersey City, Hudson County. Uh, people can find me at my last name, Osegueda201 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You know, it's, you know, things are always going on locally and people who want to get involved are always welcome to show them the ropes and let them know how you know they can make an impact in their own community. Well, my bro, it was good getting to catch up with you, man. And uh, we'll, we'll do this again soon. Good job, bro. Be easy. Man, big shout out to my guest this week, my guy, Hector Oseguera, friend of the show, as I always say. 
Uh, genuinely, somebody I appreciate having conversations with, man. I always love hearing his his perspective on a lot of these crazy topics that we're talking about that are often complicated. So it's always good to have somebody from the community who's educated, uh, particularly on law, and can kind of break it down for for the rest of us. So I always appreciate him. Man, now, now with that said, I want to hear from y'all. We're going to lighten things up a bit. Let's stay in the, uh, in the Halloween spirit when it comes to this week's Ask a Gringo segment. Ask a Gringo. Uh, I have a question. All right, so I want to keep it light. We talked about a lot of heavy shit on today's show, and, and that's just, you know, the way the news cycle goes. But uh, it is Halloween in just a few days, so I wanted to, man bring the nostalgia in the show and, and bring us back to some happy times. So uh, I, I asked my, my followers on Instagram at DJ Dramos, if you want to be a part of these conversations, we do it for each and every show. But I asked people, uh, what was your favorite Halloween costume growing up and why? So let's uh, let's see a few of the answers that I got on, on here. I know a bunch of y'all replied. Let me see. At Emily Rochetti. I'm sorry if I, if I butchered your name. She said, uh, my mom sewed a felt Oreo I wore like a sandwich board with an orange shirt because I wanted to be Halloween filling. That's adorable, man. Uh, a picture, man, little kids make everything that much funnier, right? Like any costume that normally might just be like, you know, maybe a smirk. Like it's just hilarious to see little kids walking around, um, especially Hector Tom his little girl is going to be the uh, the State Puff Marshmallow. Man, that's, that's just hilarious. Uh, in Oreo, that's a that's a great costume, especially putting the little Halloween touch on it. I love it. I love uh, Oreos growing up. I haven't had them in, in forever. Y'all give me these these cravings when we talk about nostalgic things. Um, you know, I've cut a lot of sugar out of my life, so I, I got to stay away from this stuff. Let's see. At Lester.Wave says, Peter Pan costume with some cowboy boots. I was on top of the world that day. It's always the, the accessories, right? And Peter Pan is a great costume. I'm a little jealous, but it's always those little accessories like the cowboy boots that just make you feel yourself for for a bit too much as a as a kid, right? And uh, I know for me, I was a ninja a lot because I just loved getting like the sword and the whole outfit that I could keep wearing around the house after um, after Halloween, which is just absolutely uh, I think the best part about a, a costume as a as a kid, one that you can keep rewearing. Man, uh, now let's see. Uh, last one at. The uh, Sayuri says, a witch. I always wanted to be a witch because they're the best. Uh, yeah, witches costume. That, those, it's funny, like the, I don't want to call them basic, but there are like the ninja was a basic costume for me. The, they're just like the timeless Halloween costumes. And like, uh, man, I'm just going back in time thinking about like living out the, the little fantasies you would have getting into your, your costume and, and going back, going to school dressed up and seeing everybody's costumes. Man, those were those were much simpler times. I'm, I'm thinking back for me, one of my favorite costumes that I ever had. And I just rediscovered this uh, recently, like looking through old pictures. I was the ultimate warrior, the wrestler, the ultimate warrior when I was a very little kid. And and uh, I remember I was obsessed with that costume. And then I would even wear the mask. Like I kept the mask uh, that came with the costume like for so long after uh, Halloween. And uh there's like pictures of me wearing it with my sister. Like I'm talking about like, you know, months and months and months after Halloween had ended, I would just be wearing it in random family pictures. Uh, I was just obsessed with it. And then I, it's just like cheap plastic. I remember it breaking and like uh, my dad uh, trying to help me just keep it together as best we can with like tape or, or glue or anything like that until it just eventually broke into a, a bunch of different little pieces. And I was a, a sad little kid that day. But man, 
those bring back just such such amazing amazing memories uh i can't wait to see my niece and nephew uh in in their halloween costumes it's always a lot of fun and then uh you know getting to to steal some of their candy when they're not looking is always uh, a nice little touch uh you know and does, that mean it makes me sound like a bad person but let's be honest it's too much damn candy for a little kid anyway right anyway let's uh let, let's wrap things up man we talked about a lot today let's tie it all together in a neat little bow in a segment we call conclusion stew Time for conclusion, Sue. Mm. Man, so Hector broke down everything really well in, in depth. You know, that's why I love having him on the show. So I'm quickly just going to kind of touch on, on some of the stuff we're talking about. But, you know, man, this affirmative action case, I know Hector uh, isn't ready to, you know, uh, be, be all hands on deck as far as being fearful of the repercussions of it. But it's just a scary idea that these these cases are getting brought in front of the supreme court and and quite literally with each one being overturned just continue to to, you know set us back as a country right make us go in the wrong direction and again when it comes to laws and cases and and precedents and things like that once you overturn one of these things it's can possibly create a domino effect for other things to to happen you know um and as a person of color in this country it's incredibly scary to, to think about the poten- potentiality of, of things like that happening. Now, when it comes to Biden and this student loan uh, forgiveness thing and the Republicans suing him and all that, I, I think Hector hit it on the, on the head, hit the nail on the head when he said nobody was suing the government when they were giving people PPP loan forgiveness, right? And certain people in the government got that. Rich people got that that forgiveness where they got this money back from, from the government and nobody batted an eye about it, right? But when the everyday person is is getting the the help that they need um, after being man uh, you know hit with these these predatory loans for for college you know that's when they have a problem and again it, it just shows you where the Republicans heads lie and, and also this is just for for politics right this is just for show for their base um, at the end of the day and, and ironically you know much of their base being the working class like should be able to sympathize with wanting to help other people but they have man a lot of these these people fooled and then of course the rich elites are are loving this uh as well because it doesn't affect them and and they would love to keep finding ways to take advantage of the the everyday person and as long as their loans are being forgiven uh, all as well right and and then man with this school shooting in st louis it it's just another sad example of where we are as a country and and even in the note, it's horrifying to think that this person talked about wanting to be the next national school shooter. Like this is something that these people are using as bragging rights now, right? Like that's a positive thing for for certain people, and obviously speaks to a lot of the mental issues that that a lot of these people face. But again, the fact that it's so easy for a 19 year old to get an assault style weapon and have uh, more than 600 rounds of ammunition is is scary and once again speaks to the problem we have in this country that sadly nobody seems to really want to address and you know it speaks again to our politicians valuing money and power over the lives of the people that put them in office and it's it's just disgusting to see and last thing man we talk about this representation in, in the entertainment industry and why it's so important shout out to Camilla Alvarez for being a part of the new Creed movie I mean shout out to Michael B. Jordan for uh, making sure that this was a priority uh, to Hector's point 
It took them eight movies to to put a Mexican in a in a boxing movie. Uh, but but hey, I mean, you know, progress is progress, and this is important, right? Again, you can just say these are fake stories. It's television. Who cares? But this has an implication as to how many people perceive, uh, you know, people of color in this country, and that's why it's important to have this representation and shit. Four percent of the industry's management is is Latino speaks to why our stories are, are often never told or, or told in a certain way that is is not favorable to us and, and we need to do something about that and man uh i think that's it everybody have a great halloween right i know there's a lot of shit going on in the world um take this time to to enjoy you know some some childlike fun and be it if you have kids or you know family or, or even just you and and your friends the, the people you love in your life you know and enjoy some of this time to kind of cleanse your brain a little bit god knows we all need it man and uh, yeah, that's it. Dramas.com. If you want to check out some merch, as always, please like, share, review, comment, all that kind of stuff always helps us out. And everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy your Halloween. And I'll catch y'all on Tuesday with a brand new episode. So then stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org.
Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.